This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, 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 yo. It's Our Lifestyle podcast, and this is ODB. We want to thank our title sponsors, Custom Car Show Productions. They have four main events every year. Orange Beach Invasion every March in Orange Beach, Alabama. After Hours Car, Bike, and Truck Show. That is every April, typically at Hank Aaron Stadium in Alabama. Scraping the Coast needs no introduction every June in Biloxi, Mississippi. And then Bayou Showdown in Slidell, Louisiana every November. Also, big ups to our additional title sponsor, Mini Truck Showdown. This show is going down in June, Vegas. First weekend in 2022, so come on out and gallivant out to Las Vegas. This is your opportunity to make it out to the amazing city. Remember, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Of course, that doesn't include our coverage of Mini Truck Showdown next year. And then lastly, part of the Mini Truck Showdown family, Kern County Showdown, which is going to be the first weekend in February in Bakersfield, California. Kern County Showdown. Mini Truck Showdown, be there 2022. Enjoy the episode. Yo, 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 it's ODB and it's our lifestyle podcast coming at you with episode 268. Merry Christmas, everyone. We're, of course, if you're day one listener, Christmas Eve, and I hope everyone's having a fantastic week, and hopefully you guys have a fantastic weekend. This episode 268, going to be a little bit different. Miggity Mike, the mayor, he's out pretending to be the big jolly guy, uh, flying around on the sleigh, of course, so more than likely may not be able to link up with him. Going to try to get him to do a cameo, but we'll have to see. Uh, We do have, uh, hopefully we've got Frank Iceman in store. I want to kind of do an unconventional episode a little bit, right? We talk about trucks all year, but we've long said uh, with OLP, it's uh, our lifestyle, right? Which encompasses so much, uh, including to me, the culture of when many of us grew up and toys obviously was a big part of our childhood. So, you know, Frank uh, knows his toys. He's a collector and I love to talk this stuff. And and obviously, he'll do a better job than Miggity Mike. I mean, Mike, I don't know that he had toys when he was a kid. You know what I mean? He said that before, I think. So hopefully, we'll link up with uh, Iceman. But then, want to link up with the big homie, Ruben. And again, this is going to be our best of 2021, kind of part one that will spill into next week. And we'll have so many more uh, updates for you next week as well. Now, we do want to thank our title sponsors, including Custom Car Show Productions and the Mini Truck Showdown family. If you haven't heard, the next Custom Car Show Production event is going to be the last weekend of March, Orange Beach Invasion. We're going to be out there. Beautiful venue. Awesome time. And then, oh, by the way, a few months later, the first weekend in June, Mike and I are going to fly out to Las Vegas again. It's been a while since he and I were both out there for SEMA. We're going to be out there the first weekend in June for Mini Truck Showdown. They're on Instagram. They're on Facebook. Corey and team are continuing to kill it in terms of the updates with the event. And it's quickly becoming one of the biggest, baddest events on the West Coast. We're super excited for 
the first weekend in June 2022. So uh, the last episode recap, really, man, it was awesome. It was fun. Uh, hopefully the listeners enjoyed it. We had a ton of downloads. It continues to stay on the rise, as we always say. And uh, we really just didn't, I didn't overthink that one. We linked up with some great people. And of course, Sylvia, in my opinion, she killed it. She's doing fantastic stuff out there in Texas. And we were able to add another female guest, which really was a big part of our goal this year. We did better, and we need to do even better in 2022. So if you haven't got a chance, go out and check out that episode. And thank you to Lone Star Throwdown for the continued support. We're going to be out there the last weekend in February for those scoring at home for the annual event in Conroe, Texas. Now, of course, the registrations are sold out. I believe you have until February 1st if any of your homies want to transfer those. And of course, even if you don't bring a vehicle, still fly out to H-Town, Houston. There's a ton to do. Of course, Extensive Metalworks always does their open house. And uh, they'll be at the show, of course, as many vendors will. Come on out, Conroe, Texas, last weekend in February 2022. So what I'd like to do now is we're going to go ahead and call the big homie. Like I said, we're going to keep things fresh. I've been trying to keep it real deal holy field lately and uh, mix things up a little bit so you don't get bored with just Miggity Mike, the mayor, and I. We've got a lot in store for tw- or a lot in store for 2022 uh, with guests, with concepts, with different things we want to talk about. And we're, I'm always excited at this point of the year because although I'm not a huge person with kind of New Year's resolutions – it does kind of give me at least a mental new slate to be excited about going into the new year, setting some goals, at least in my head, sometimes put them on paper as well in my notes app and just kind of say, hey, next year, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. So much more on that as we get sideways into 2022. But for now, we're going to link up with the big homie, Frank. I call him Iceman. You heard me say that before. If you listen to the episode, Frank's a good dude. Let's jump right in. Yo, so as I mentioned, we're going to jump in here with Frank. I call him Iceman, dude. Frank Eisenhower. How you been? Been good, been good, been good. How about you? <laughs> Man, everything's been good. You know, I was thinking this year, instead of just posting trucks all year, got closer to the holidays, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to uh, do some old school posts with toys. You know, a lot of the listeners and just many truckers in general, we grew up in the same era, so I figured, why not, man? And I know you love toys. So I figured, man, we got to link up with the big homie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If uh, if, if y'all want to know anything about '80s and '90s toys and action figures, I'm your guy for sure. So so I could probably go on for hours about it. So that shouldn't be a problem. I know, right? Well, here's what I was thinking. You know, I told the listeners earlier that you know Mike is out playing Santa, so I wasn't able to link up with him. But kind of the idea that I mm-hmm. thought was I wanted to kind of maybe talk about like when you were younger. You know, being that we're around Christmas time, we were all excited going. You know, it's a bad Christmas Eve. And, you know, in the 80s, I remember some of the toys I got. Uh, I was a big G.I. Joe fan. But when you think back to those, you know, th- those epic younger days, you know, what were some of the toys that, that you just had to have or that you remember maybe even wanting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. There, there's, a, there's a lot of them. Um, I guess I'm, a, I'm a, little, a little younger than you are. So I was, um, 
I was big into the Ninja Turtles. I was I was a really big Ninja Turtle fan when I was younger, but I didn't I didn't actually really like like the turtles themselves. I really was more of a fan of all the villains and all the weird characters. Mm-hmm. I liked, you know, Shredder and Bebop and Roxy, the foot soldiers, and then all of the different wild villains and characters they came out with was <laughs> was more my speed, I guess. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy and I think I saw on the Netflix uh, series. I think it was the. I'm trying to remember if it was the cartoons that made us, or it was one of the ones where they talked about the cartoons. It was amazing how I think it was originally two guys that were trying to get the whole TMTT uh, or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles off the ground, and like one guy signed over the rights to the other guy. But I mean, that was a cool story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It all it all just started out with uh, they just they put out a comic book that was actually a lot different than like the cartoon everything everybody knew is growing up it was a lot darker and uh in the first run of comics shredder actually dies in the first uh the first comic they actually kill him which obviously later on you know they there was there was none of that they were just beating up people there was never any killing or anything so it was it started out a lot darker but yeah it was just two guys who had decided turtles should be ninjas and and it ended up <laughs> taking off it's it's a it's a wild story but yeah and there's a lot of collectors out there with that stuff my two of my best friends, um, they're twins, and they were into karate stuff, right? When we were younger, so I always remember going to their house, and we'd watch those movies, and you know they'd be jumping around, kicking each other, and just getting crazy. But you know, it was cool how it started. I think on Nickelodeon, I, I think, and then it morphed into those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, the um, yeah, the, it 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 took off, you know, with the movies and then the cartoon and. And of course, everything else in between after that. So it's and it's and it's always basically almost had some iteration going, you know, up until modern times. They 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 keep reinventing it and keep redoing it. It seems like kids kids still like it even to this day. So it's it's really it's pretty cool. Yeah, and plenty of adults too. Now, does it ever amaze you? Mm-hmm. I know you're kind of on the collecting side too. You know, you'll look into stuff, and if you see something that that piques your interest, you'll pick it up. But it blows my mind. I found this guy on YouTube I've been watching recently, and he just opened his toy store. And, like, it blows my mind that people had bought toys, like, as far back to, like, let's say, you know, let's just say the 80s and 90s, and they never opened them. You know, some of them don't even have the punch where they put them on the shelf, right, because they they went there overnight and they bought them or Mm -hmm. they knew someone that worked there. It just blows my mind that there's so much, like, unopened stuff, like, people – if you had a time machine, you'd almost want to go back and buy every Nintendo game and every toy and not open it because right now the values continue uh, to increase. It, it, it they're, 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 they would you would you would ha- you would have done better on vintage toys than you would have on gold or silver or really anything else um, as yeah. far as the value increase, especially in, in in latter years. It's um I mean it's it's really crazy. I guess with the, the prices, a lot of this stuff fetches. And I mean, a lot of that, a lot of that stuff that's unopened and things. I mean, that's still just normal everyday stuff. It's not even necessarily that rare. I mean, it is to be in that condition, but they still made a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Just not very many, you know, survived because no one was, no one was putting this stuff up to to think it would be valuable one day because that that had never happened before with with toys. They had never been valuable in b- before. Nobody, you know, this is a whole new thing from from the eighties to now. But yeah, if people would have known, they, uh, they, they, you could be rich easily. Yeah, it's off it, of it's, little plastic men. Yeah, it's crazy, and I uh, even showed you know my son likes video game stuff, not so much the vintage stuff, but I showed him recently how you probably saw you know now you got people that are grading the video games, you know the unopened ones, and there's like mm-hmm. a whole market for that. But like the Super Mario 
Brothers, like the original game, like not open, was like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I guess it's just some people want to collect. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's nothing. I couldn't get into it at that level. But I appreciate the fact that, like, maybe mm-hmm, a museum yeah. or you've got someone that has everything and has all the money and says, I've got to have the only one in the world or whatever. But it, to me, that's amazing, too, the whole unopened stuff like we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Mo- most of um, most of my collection is – it's mostly loose and complete, like action figures and things. Like, one of um, – I know with, with the Turtles, one of uh, – a couple of my best, uh, best pieces is I have a uh, – it's a Super Shredder, but it's not like the one you could just – buy in stores his um the the normal one you buy in stores has silver armor and and purple i guess like wrapping and skin i guess you would say and uh and uh that one that one's not too valuable really but they had a special one that you could get by mailing away proof of purchase from chef boy rd <laughs> ninja turtle pasta and if you mailed away um four i believe it's four proof of purchases and like like seven or eight dollars then they would send you this special mail away super shredder and his like wrapping and background, instead of it being the purple, it's actually black, and with the silver armor, and it's it's incredibly rare. It's it's hard to even find one to purchase. Wow. And uh, and I ended up getting one in a, in a lot of stuff I bought. I bought a, a lot of Ninja Turtles on eBay for for very reasonable, probably three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that that the sh- it was not a great picture, but I thought the shredder looked darker than normal. And when I ended up getting it home, it was one of the, the mail away super shredders, which probably goes for, it's close to a thousand dollars. I'd say wow. now, um, just, just open. Yeah. So it's, it's big money. <laughs> yeah. I kind of kicked myself because I had kept a lot of my GI Joe's loose and I got to a, you know, like this is going back to when my 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 truck was starting to get finished, and you know, Jimmy had the the chassis out at I think at uh, the Daytona Turkey Run, and I remember being out there and I had listed mm-hmm. just a lot of them, and you know, they were broken, and I was like, you know, I don't want to invest the time in the rubber bands and all that, but I kept I sold them mm-hmm. all except for their fridge, and the fridge was the same. He was mm-hmm. the one you had to mail in for, and it came with the yeah. card mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and then when they re-released the G.I. Joe's, I think it was the 25th anniversary, I had went and bought a bunch of them like at uh, Target and stuff like that, and they, they did the mm-hmm. mail-in thing again, which was cool uh, for the medic guy, and I actually did it. Mm-hmm. What sucked, though, is the packaging was pretty cool, Frank, but what people would do is they'd go into the store, and you'd see it all over. They would take, and it was a piece of tape that held mm-hmm. like the front plastic, and they would pull it, and they would take out, they, they made it where you didn't have to cut the proof of purchase, and they would take that out and mm-hmm. steal them, and they were stealing all the points so they could mail in for the medic guy. But you know, if oh, if you wow. could Gosh. if you could find if you could find them, then you know, and that's what I did. I mailed in. I got it. It was kind of cool. And you know, I, I eventually sold all that stuff because my son never got into it. But man, just what a what a, a a great era to grow up in with all the action figures and stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Kids, uh, kids nowadays they're they're just really not into toys because they just they're just more into video games. They're I guess they're just not as not as hands on with stuff, and they really don't even make as much much toys and action figures as they as they used to back then. So it's I'm, I mean I'm I'm glad that that I grew up when I did, and I, and I had a chance to to have all those things. Yeah, I was explaining it to someone recently. I'm like, you know, when your kid's like a year old and you you go out to eat, you're like, ah, oh, you know, the baby's, you know, and then you're like, here's the tablet, and the kid's like, oh, ABC or mm-hmm. Nickelodeon or whatever you know, stream, stream this or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that tablet with like a free game or a dollar game, it, like the, the entertainment value is mm-hmm. so high. So 
yeah, it's almost like, hey, do you want this little doll mm-hmm. girl or do you want this? Give me that tablet. You know, I want the iPad Pro. So it is crazy yep. how how, da- how <laughs> yeah, it is exactly. these days. But um, if people mm-hmm. are into There's toys, and I know you are, if you haven't had a chance, the, the channel that I mentioned that I stumbled across on YouTube is called Sarge and Reds, and it's Reds with an apostrophe S, Sarge and Reds Vintage Toys. And about a year ago, it popped up in my feed Dude, he um, there's a video out there. He's got about two hundred thousand views on it, and he goes and he buys like as you mentioned, big lots of toys. Well, he bought mm-hmm. this basically this entire vintage toy collection in this house, and when you watch it, you go through this. He goes through this house, and it's the house is abandoned, and it, it almost seems like it's been abandoned like thirty years. But there's so many toys oh, wow. still in the box, like the USS Flag. Some of the stuff I, dude, like, mm-hmm. it's mind blowing. Like, you watch this video. He's got a couple on there, and the amount of stuff, and it's unopened. Much of it, it's just like, and then this house, like, it was like the people just fell off the planet of the earth. But he buys it. I won't say for how much. It's a lot of money. But then, of course, as you know, you can take that and <laughs> yeah. sell it individually. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There, and there, there's normally, I mean, there's there's normally money to be made if as long as you're not just buying it piece by piece because the stuff it's really just any of these popular franchises they're worth just just so much you know um i know he-man he-man and master of universe stuff has just took off like crazy right now you, like it and it's changed in the past five years it's probably tripled in value mm-hmm. just in that yeah. short of time yeah they tried to re-release it i remember years ago and it maybe didn't pop off it wasn't at the right time or maybe that the figures weren't as good but you know, to your point, now Mattel and a lot of these, you know, companies, they realize the the fandom, I guess you call it. And, you know, many people mm-hmm. want to have it, relive yeah. their childhood and whatnot. Now, as a kid, I mentioned, you know, G.I. Joe stuff was my thing. And when I posted the USS's flag, which was the aircraft carrier, you know, a lot of people chime in, oh, I wanted that, yeah. I never had it. I didn't have, um, you know, my parents didn't buy us a lot, but they knew that I loved mm-hmm. G.I. Joe's. And we could go back in those days and you'd, I'd pull them at Walmart and they were like, you know, 278 or something like that. So, you know, it was mm-hmm. like a cheap toy that gave, you know, a lot of thrills. So the USS flag was something that I talked my parents into getting me. And back then it was seventy nine ninety nine, And I knew that because <laughs> I had kept the money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had kept the box for years and it had that little sticker. I still remember where we bought it, but other than like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, what are some other, you know, toys that you either like now or that you enjoyed growing up? Oh yeah, there's a bunch. Um, I was I was uh, big into Mad Balls. Do you remember Mad Balls? Uh, are the yeah were those the, the like they they had they were like a ball, but it had like the weird faces on them. Yeah, yeah, they were they were about like like baseball sized, I guess. Um, but the like you said, they they were they were kind of gross. Like there was uh-huh. there was like a there was like a skeleton and an eyeball and like a monster, a mummy. Um, just they all had like stitches and oozing and like blood and yes. just all of them were just kind of like supposed to be gross and nasty. It was it was like sort of advertised as a boy toy that was sort of you know that was uh, that was you know a little off. And uh, I always liked those. They were like I said, they were little foam baseball sized things. But I was uh, I was a big fan of them. We had we had two or three of those uh, growing up. I thought they were awesome. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't have remembered those until you brought it up. I was like, boom! It's like it 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 morphed into my brain. Uh, the He-Man stuff, when I was younger, mm-hmm. I remember getting from my aunt, I got the Castle of Grayskull. And several years ago, I had just mm-hmm. that. It didn't have any pieces with it, and I gave it to a buddy. And, uh, you know, I just kind of was out of space. But I kept a couple of the fig- figures. 
But to your point earlier, like that stuff has come back. Now I haven't watched like the new Kevin Smith. I think they relaunched the whole Masters of the Universe. But apparently, you know, a lot of the fans liked it. Uh, did you ever get into the He Man stuff? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I uh, I had a I had a lot of I had I had Castle Grayskull and uh, and Snake Mountain. I had both of them mm-hmm. growing up. Um, of course, you know He Man and Skeletor and Moss Man and all and everybody <laughs> else. I had I had a lot of the figures. They they were um I, my favorite thing though from the line was always the slime pit. Did you, did you ever have a slime pit? Do you know what I'm talking mm, about? I don't think I remember that. Okay, well the the slime pit was like it was kind of like a playset that basically was was like a it was like a skull head and then it came with slime that you would put in the skull head and I guess like it was it was a bad guy so like Skeletor would want to catch He Man and like strap him into it <laughs> and then open up the skull's mouth and it would like drip slime down on him ah. and and as as a young kid having something messy with slime and stuff was just uh, what more that could you it. want <laughs> yeah dude that's what I forgot about man yeah. I'll have to look up see if I find any commercials. Yeah. Now, someone had chimed in on one of my posts. Yeah, I'm sure there. I'm sure there are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone had chimed in on one of my posts, and they reminded me. And I, and I, I had one of these, but like in the '80s, if you look back at some of the Sears catalogs and stuff, I mean, Toys R Us as well. The, I think they were called Tyco race sets, and they were those little black tracks, and they had the little metal contacts on them. And you know you'd snap them together, and you could build mm-hmm. the different tracks, and then you had your little trigger, and you pull that deal. And I think it was battery operated, mm-hmm. maybe it plugged in. But those cars, you know, obviously with the contacts, they'd race around, and those we thought were so awesome in, in my era. Yeah, yeah, I believe I believe we had we had a track like that as well, and it was uh, it was they were really cool because I mean you just didn't see anything like that back then. There there wasn't there just wasn't as much of that around like there is now. Oh yeah, now. Um, there's a guy on YouTube I watch. His name's Minty, and he does like the top ten things you didn't know about, you know, a movie, right? And he researches it. He does a good job. I mm-hmm. like the way yeah. he does his videos. But in some of his videos, I yeah. like when he'll talk about the toy aspect of a franchise. So you know, for some of mm-hmm. our younger listeners, right? If we move into the '90s, something I never got into, mm-hmm. but I love seeing the commercials now when I watch his videos is like when the Jurassic Park franchise launched. I think it was in 93. Mm-hmm. You know, there yeah. was there was a big uh, push for all of that merchandise. Of course, Steven Spielberg, you know, 10 years earlier had launched mm-hmm. E.T. And, and then from then, you know, all kinds of uh, movie merchandise stuff. But um, did you ever get into the Jurassic Park stuff? Um, yeah, I had, I had some, uh, I had the, uh, the, the Explorer. I know the, the, the famous one you see in the movies. I, I had one of that and I had a, I, I had a T-Rex and some, uh, and some Velociraptors. Um, I, uh, I had, I had a big like T-Rex puppet that, that like was rubber and you could sort of use. So like you could use it to eat the other characters and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, you can't go wrong with kids and like dinosaurs. It's still going to this day, but, uh, but yeah, that that the um, I know a, a a buddy of mine had the uh, the giant like gated playset that had the Jurassic Park sign and like the big fence and all that and and uh, I always thought that thing was really cool and 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 it's it's apparently just a ton of money too if you have it with all its parts and pieces it's 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 just like everything else it's just going up with all the new movies and everything. Yeah, my buddy and I we were you know one of my best friends we were kind of at a certain age where you know we were out of that stage but. When you mm-hmm. when you're talking about Jurassic Park, uh, it made me think um, of around God, whenever the 3DO was a Panasonic system came out, video game system, 
and of course he had like every video game system to man known to man mm-hmm. and his parents and they're still kind of like pack rats right so they they would keep you know mm-hmm. all the styrofoam and you know they you know after a couple of years they'd put the system back in there and it was in the box and all that but he had the 3DO and i remember playing the Jurassic Park game and those kind of came in those bigger long box deals that you'd pop mm-hmm. on the you know you'd pop the plastic on the right and you'd open it up like a, the original DVD cases and you'd have the game in there and that game man was so much fun there, there was a scene where you know you're like in the jeep and then the T-Rex is like chasing you i always remember that yeah yeah they they made they made some good games based on some some of the some of the movies they 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 made some really good games like that one and some others that's for sure yeah definitely now, when you think back to, you know, the era that we're kind of talking about when we grew up, you know, we talk about, you mentioned earlier how video games are huge now. I mean, it's like you can download free games and all this and, you know, mobile games and whatnot. But were you into video games or what systems did you maybe play, even if they were at one of the homies' houses? Um, yeah, see, that, that's funny. I was always basically more into physical toys, be it, you know, action figures or something or cars, even, you know, Hot Wheels, things like that. But my brother was always the one that was real big into video games. So, like, he would always have, you know, have to have, like, whatever system, be it, like, from Nintendo, mm-hmm. Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. He'd always have the next newest one. And, uh, and then I would end up getting his old one because he didn't he didn't want it anymore. Yep. So I so I played some uh, some that way. And uh, and I did I did have a, I had my own game gear, um, which I, I remember you thought it was just so much better than a Game Boy because it had color graphics and it yes. lit up. But because it lit up and had color graphics, it went through batteries in about like it felt like twenty minutes. I, I'm sure maybe it was more than that, but it was it was a ridiculous amount of time that it would eat through a batteries just for for all the younger kids out there. A batteries that are not rechargeable that you yeah. throw away and you had to buy more. There was no recharging. It was no. It was not like your phone. Like once the batteries died, if there were no more, you were just done. You were yeah, just done. For. There, there were three on each side. I remember, I think. Yeah, like, there were no, there's two. Yeah. Yeah. Three on each side. Two six total. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, ton, yeah. A ton of a batteries. Well, and <laughs> I remember, remember all the accessories they made for that. Like they had the, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't necessarily need the light that you needed for the game boy, but they had all kinds mm-hmm. of like magnifying this. And then they came out with the thing that you could like plug in and play the Sega games. Like, that game mm-hmm. gear, I guess, in in video game timeline, did really last a long time. Although the battery piece was a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. It was. Uh, I mean, it was a real step up though from like little tighter electronic games that just had little dots that sort of blinked yes, on the screen. Little race cars that, that like you just those, go. Doo-doo. Yeah, but, the, but they um, were they were they were pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, earlier this week when I was looking at like old commercials on YouTube trying to find stuff to post. I came across, and it's so funny because if you think about now, you have a phone, you have a, in your pocket, and you have a camera and a video, mm-hmm. right? 4K, this. Well, back in the 80s, even the 90s, I mean, who would walk into like a Toys R Us with a freaking video camera? Well, this kid had, <laughs> I guess, had posted, he had recorded, and it's only maybe, I was going to post it, but it was real short, and it was very, as you can imagine, um, it, it makes you dizzy, right? Because it's all moving over a little place. But he, it appears he goes into Toys R Us, and it's probably like around 92, 93-ish, and he's recording the video game section, and you see all these Game Gear games. And there was back when maybe they were still even trading them in because they had some of them in the little plastic bags on the shelf. But mm-hmm. like you see all those black cartridges, dude. Uh, game Gear this, Sega that, you know, this and that, and that was like the section he was in. And it reminded me, when I was younger, 
I remember going to Toys R Us and going down the video game aisle and seeing like the Sega Master System, the Nintendo Entertainment System, and they had like every game you could imagine, and they had them in these like acrylic deals, so they they'd have the front of it, you know, and you'd look and go, oh Zelda, I want that, and of course you'd have to you know have someone get it for you, but dude, like mm-hmm. going to Toys R Us as a kid for me, dude, that was like once like a year we would get to go and it was like literally heaven yeah. dude yeah yeah same yeah it was it was always it was always a big deal i remember <laughs> um i remember going i remember going towards us once and um of course this is once again before i mean we i guess we might have had cable or maybe something but it's not like you re- you really didn't even watch a lot of tv back then not not as not like you do now but right. uh but we were in towards us and i ended up um I ended up, I forget why we were there. I did, I did something right. And it, or it might've even been near my birthday. I can't remember, but I ended up getting, um, I got a, my pet monster. I, I, do you remember uh, that? I do. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I do um, remember that. Yeah. The uh, free mother to know my pet monster was like, it was a monster. And of course it was advertised as being like your pet and your friend. And it was, it was sort of like a, a dollar stuffed animal for boys. Cause you know, you know, just that's how things were, but it came with, um, it came with handcuffs that you like, you could fit on. And then you could like break them apart and like put them back together. And, uh, and it was just like, it had like fangs and stuff and it was just kind of an ugly monster. And, uh, and I just thought it was the coolest thing, but I had got, um, I got one of the smaller ones that, that was a puppet. I didn't get like the, the big one, the, the, the more famous one. Um, but I just loved that thing growing up and I, I took it everywhere. And, and, uh, actually we had, a we had a like show and tell or no, it was a talent contest, I guess, in my kindergarten class. And I ended up taking the My Pet Monster puppet as as my talent for the talent show, and uh, and I remember I can't remember much from when I was that young, but I, I remember I got my um, my kindergarten teacher who was who was just the sweetest woman came up there to, to be my assistant because none of the kids would, and uh, and I ended up like I think I ended up like making the monster like bite her, and in retrospect it was probably right around her tits, so I kind of made the My Pet Monster munch on her tits when I was in kindergarten and embarrassed the living heck out of her and I, I still feel bad about it to this day dude you were an animal man i love it but <laughs> yeah what's funny is i totally forgot about that thing right i, I really had mm-hmm. and um listeners though i brought this up before there's an instagram page called the underscore 80s with an s and then garage underscore garage and he uh, i believe he's worked at a toy store when he was younger and he has like just this amazing collection of stuff, right? And many of us have seen it. But he had posted that thing back on December third, and he said, "Who remembers this little fur ball? I loved my pet monster when I was a kid." And dude, like when I saw that, it was like boom! It triggered this memory of like, oh, I remember seeing that. And dude, when mm-hmm. you were talking, I just pulled it up on eBay. Classic eighty-five my pet monster with handcuffs, rare, seven hundred and fifty dollars, dude, with no yeah. box. Like it's yeah. like you said, toys. It is crazy, you know, some people are probably listening and going, oh, I don't understand. You know, a lot of people collect different things. I collect CDs, you know, a little bit of vinyl, this and that. But, like, with toys, a lot of it might just be, like, having it on the shelf and you look over at it and go, hey, that brings me back to a good time of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it just reminds you, I mean, it reminds you of a simpler time. It's, uh, I mean, at least at least for me and, and hopefully, hopefully a lot of other people, my childhood was really good. I had, you know, both my parents... Uh, were, were really good to me and loved me. And, and I mean, we weren't rich by any means, but I had, I had a few things and, and all this stuff just reminds me of, of when I was younger and, you know, you didn't have a care in the world, you know, you didn't, 
just everything, everything was good. No, nothing bad had ever happened to you. You know, like it was, um, it was just a more innocent time. And, and I think that's the same for a lot of people. And that's why they, they collect all these things and, and, a, and a lot of people want to do it. So, so there's only so much to go around and it's, and it's caused the prices just to, just to go up just so much. Yeah. And something else I want to talk about is like, when I got to, you know, the mid eighties, I mean, probably it was like 84, 85, start wanting to ride a bike, but you know, the rad movie comes out and then, you know, bike stuff was already big. You know, you'd go to the grocery store with your parents, at least in my era, and you'd see these bike magazines, these cool colors and boom, I would, you know, want the magazine. But, you know, talking about how, you know, there was almost like a stair step to, to toys, you know, your infant toys, you know, as you get older, then you want different stuff. And I remember getting um, one used bike, which was the Mongoose I have. And then there was a freestyle bike that my parents bought me, like probably around 88. It was black and blue. I, I've struggled to find photos of it. But what I always thought to myself is you just brought something up a moment ago. Recently, Mongoose re-released those old like Californian bikes, right? And they look really spot on. And yeah. what was insane is, you know, their mid $450 price range, which, you know, for a lot of guys, I mean, they bought four or five of them. I thought it was cool. But to your point, it's like reliving the childhood. You know, maybe someone doesn't have the money to go, I mean, BMX bikes and stuff are, you know, thousands of dollars now potentially. Mm -hmm. So it gave people a way to go, hey, I want to build one. My son's going to ride it, daughter, hang mm -hmm. it in the garage, whatever. But I do love how we've gotten to a point in our lives where, uh, I don't know if you saw, but um, I guess there's a new version or a new division of Mattel, and I followed them. Mm -hmm. I think on Instagram or Twitter, and they recently did like a crowdfunded, you know, where like they sell enough of them and they blew through that number, and they're going to re-release that all. I think it was called All Striker, the GI Joe um, uh, fire uh, fighter jet deal, and mm -hmm, you know yes. that to me is cool because you know if you get you know ten thousand people that want to buy something for a hundred dollars or more, why not do it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That I mean, it makes it makes perfect sense. Like the demand's there, and you own the rights to it. You, you, I mean, you should produce it for the you know for the people to you know so they can they can get get some more you know relive some of that and get some of it back. Yeah, and, uh, and another I mean, example of that recently was didn't they do that? I, I don't know if you're big into Ghostbusters, but I think they did it with like the proton mm -hmm. packs. And I looked at that and yeah, that that's, those that's things what I was about were like to say, yeah, they just, hundreds of dollars, weren't they? Really, <laughs> yeah, it, it was like four hundred, I think four hundred dollars for the for the 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 new proton pack yeah the uh the replica and of course with the with the new movie that, that came out too i don't have you seen it yet the new ghostbusters i i did i mean i liked it did you see it yeah 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 i've already watched it. i thought i thought it was really good they they did a they did a really good job on it trying to like i guess pass the pass the flame on to a younger generation i, I thought it was i thought it was really really good and that that's uh which that's another another toy line that i loved as when i was younger of course with the with the big firehouse it was mm -hmm. you know the other, other than the flag that's one of the biggest play sets i guess yes. that i that i had ever seen as as a child which i i guess it was probably the tallest because it was a couple stories but uh and then of course the ecto one that went with it you know that was always a big deal that uh that i, that I was really a big fan of yeah, uh, speaking of that, something I came across recently is um, I follow the guy Bob's Prop Shop on YouTube, recently followed him on Facebook as well, and you know he does mostly a lot of the DeLorean time machine kind of conversions and stuff, but he's long been a huge mm -hmm. Ghostbuster fan, and I think he even had a cameo in the one with the ladies. I don't know if it got cut or whatever, but long story short, he mm -hmm. recently moved to Vegas, and he bought this huge 
like place and it has like all these different shops on it or whatever. But he recently announced he had went up to New York where the firehouse is at uh, from the movie. And um, he basically what he's going to be doing is he's going to recreate like down to like the stones the uh, firehouse from Ghostbusters over there in Vegas because he's got all the property. And I guess pending you oh, know, wow. all kinds of pr- approvals with permits and stuff. But you'll be able to go there, and he's going to make it like a fan experience. And he has an Ecto-1 that I think he's going to do like an LS swap and kind of resto mod it. Mm-hmm. Pretty screen accurate. And then you're going to be able to go there and even drive the car and be able to like – he's got all these big plans, and he said he always wanted to do it. And I thought, man, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that that would be – that would be epic. I think that would be really, really awesome. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of Ghostbusters, though, one of I actually just had a new a new Ghostbuster find here lately. It's it's one of my uh-huh. one of my best finds I've had. I um, I go around um, I go around to a couple local local toy shows around around the Tri Cities, uh, Tennessee, around John City, Tennessee, and uh, and there's always a guy there, and he um, apparently he's he's an older man, and he's a really really nice guy, and I've bought a few little things off him here and there. But, um, but I, I, the last, uh, last couple of times I saw him, he had two. um, it's, uh, it's the, the, the last Ghostbuster figures they released under the, the first line, the eighties line before they, before they canceled it. Um, they're, they're called Ecto Glow Heroes. Okay. Um, and what it was is, is it was, it was basically the original, the original Ghostbusters and Lewis Tully also, and they were all re-released in glow in the dark plastic. And uh, and they and all their weapons and their little ghosts and everything glow in the dark. And they even had little masks that go over their face that look like their face that glow in the dark to sort of make them almost look like a ghost, I guess. Supposedly. Oh, right. I see. And, I'm uh, seeing it here. I just googled it. I see what you're saying. Yeah, and they're um and the, where they're at the end of the line, nobody really bought many of them, and like they weren't real popular, and they didn't make a lot of them. Like it was right towards the end, and uh, and I've always wanted some, but they they're always just been so so expensive. And, uh, he ended up, he somehow ended up with two of them that were just dead bent on card. They weren't yellowed. They weren't bent. They just looked perfect. They looked like they'd been brought on a time machine wow. to, to lay on that table. Um, he was asking, I think seven and $800 each for them. Like one was 700, one was 800. And, and that those prices aren't, aren't unreasonable. Right, like, that's not. really what they go for. Um, but that being said that I, I don't have that kind of money to spend on them so i saw him with them two or three times and at the last show i was at he he was there again with them and i had um i just uh i had actually sold a sold a carburetor for an azuzu engine and put it on on a truck and and i had a little extra money from that and i'd got a bonus at work so so i had a little extra cash so i ended up making him an offer on the pair and uh and he told me that there was just no way he could he could take that for him and and uh, and I went. I was like, all right, well, I tried. And I went back to you know just shopping and minding my business. And it wasn't it wasn't ten or fifteen minutes later. He came over there and said, if if I wanted to give that for him, he'd he'd let me have him. Oh, good. So uh, so I ended up uh, ended up buying Egon Spangler and Lewis Tully the Ecto Glow awesome. versions of them from from him. And uh, I've got them I've got them sent uh, sent off to be graded right now because really? they're they're actually so nice. That uh, that I think they'll they'll grade really high and that'll that'll make them worth a little more and I haven't decided I may I may I may sell them I don't know they're they're just it's a lot of it's a lot of money yeah <laughs> so uh, but uh, uh but they're they're holy they're Ghostbuster holy grail pieces uh for sure and and I never thought I'd have them so yeah that's pretty Even cool if I don't keep them forever I'm happy to have had them for a little while 
Yeah, and for those that don't know, the whole grading stuff, I think, started with like baseball, football cards, sports mm-hmm. cards, right? They would send them in and they put them under a microscope mm-hmm. and they check and go, okay, the corners yeah. are good. And, you know, you'd imagine like a Ken Griffey Jr. card, there might be millions of them made. So you want to have the one that's like a 10 out of a 10. So, yeah. you know, now, like we kind of established at the beginning here of our conversation, with like unopened VHSs and, and toys and stuff like that. Now, of course, it's a booming business. You can send it in. Mm-hmm. How careful do you have to be when you send them in? Did you have like those little like plastic acrylic cases that like they kind of snap into so that they can't get easily damaged in shipping? Um, no, no. I I, um, I just I wrap them up in, in a very large box to where they're basically just suspended in a box way bigger than they are so they couldn't be damaged. But whenever they send them back, they will be in they'll be sealed in an ac- acrylic case with their, you know, with their their, their score of, of how, um, you know, what kind of condition it's in. And that way, you know, you know what you have and then you don't have to worry about it, you know, getting damaged or, or going downhill because it's, you know, it, it is what it is at that point. And, and, th- and then when, and it helps too, because, you know, most of the time people sell stuff on the internet anymore. And I mean, even with all the pictures in the world, you still can't tell what you can tell with it, with you being in person and holding it. Right, right. So whenever something's graded like that, I mean, and like I said, I don't bother grading loose things or, or even most things that aren't very very valuable sure. but but as much as those are worth then then it was worth having them graded because that way if somebody did buy them from me you know you know across the united states well they know what they're getting and they won't you know they won't be upset when they get right them. So oh, I want my money back or this or that exactly yeah no i think that's cool and i guess the last thing i can think of again we've seen this uh, on netflix but i also stumbled across and if you haven't or if the listeners haven't heard of i um I've downloaded the History Channel app, of course, on the Apple TV, because I'll watch different mm-hmm. shows through there. But I stumbled across, and like the very next day, someone goes, "Hey, check this out!" And I was like, "Man, I found it last night." But there's a whole um, instead of like the toys that made us, it was like the toys that made America or something. And it talks mm-hmm. about it. Kind of, it's built on. It looks like a little bit of what we've seen from them with these different documentaries. But this one was cool. The part that I watched first was Hot Wheels, and it talked about the competitions between them and Matchbox, right? And I never knew the whole history of those brands, but it's pretty cool how Matchbox was kind of chugging along. And then, you know, the folks that owned, I think Mattel, the husband, wife, or whoever it was early on, how they got a hair up the wild hair and said, well, you know, they're not going to beat us. Here's what we're going to do, you know? And it was like this cool concept of, uh, I won't give it all away, but it you know ties into the California car culture is how the Hot Wheels really mm-hmm. got going. And you think about you know I oftentimes forget to mention like Hot Wheels being a huge collect you know uh, collectible item. But dude, we've seen some of the collections. I remember one of the Built to Cruise episodes on YouTube. Dude, the guy, I mean, massive collection. So you know that's a whole nother episode in itself. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah for sure. I mean the. And it's, it's, you know, of course, Hot Wheels itself is, you know, they've always had the treasure hunts and everything else, and they've been real, real popular. And, of course, now, I guess, M2, you know, makes, makes the, you know, a lot of the same size car, and they do all the C10s and everything and all the different variants. And, and yeah, that, all that all that stuff is, is just is just so hot, too. Just they, they make it in limited quantities, and, and of course, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to find some in, in, on the shelves. I know Hot Wheels has come out with um, a new Nissan hard body, like a black yes. Nissan hard body that, that I've yet to be able to find. I, I've got to try to hunt it down because because uh, it's, you know, it's one of the first real mini trucks they've made. So Oh, yeah. Well, I know we could talk forever about this stuff. If you had to pick, like if someone were to ask you, like what's your top 
number one toy all all time? You know, is there maybe one, maybe two that come to mind that you're like, dude, this is this is it? You know, whether you own it now or or it's one that you want to eventually own. The top the top thing. Um, it uh, with with um, it's it's funny. It's it, it kind of it, it's a little if my number one thing I own with my whole collection. It's 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 funny. It's not really a toy. It's sort of uh, it's it's a little it's a it's but it's but it's 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 toy. It's it's related. Um, my my the, my favorite thing that I own in my entire collection is I actually own a real kids choice award. The okay. the orange blimp that they they gave out. I have I have a real like honest to god kids choice award. Okay, and, yeah. Uh, so the audio cut out there for a quick second. So you said it was was it was that the Nickelodeon kids choice award? Yeah, yes, I have a real Nickelodeon Kids Choice Award. Wow. The uh, the orange an orange blimp that they gave out. It's it's porcelain, and you look through it, and it's a kaleidoscope. And I I actually have a real uh, Nickelodeon Kids Choice Award. So you know what question I got to ask is how did you come up with that? Um, well, it's funny. The uh, I saw it on eBay probably five or six years ago, and the guy was asking a lot of money for it. And I sent him a message, and and I was like, well, how did you get this? It um. It turned out it is it is it was given for best video game to uh, to THQ Games for SpongeBob SquarePants and the Flying Dutchman was the name of the game. So no, it wasn't given to like Will Smith or something. I could have a better celebrity one, but I mean, really, I've never seen another one for sale. So I, I took what I could get. But apparently, this guy was worked for THQ and like he was just a lower person in the company, and he was told to clean out a storage unit. And apparently, in this storage unit was this Kids Choice Award from the night from the like <laughs> late nineties. That's and awesome. so he he figured out that it wasn't just garbage, and he decided to put it on eBay. and And I forget he was asking over a thousand dollars for it, but I, I sent him a message. I told him there's no way I could pay that, but you know I could give him this much if he was interested. If it didn't sell, and it didn't up selling, and sure enough, he got with me, and and I ended up sending the money, and he he sent me over this this Kids Choice Award. Uh, it's, uh, it's really heavy. It's, uh, like I said, it's made of porcelain and, and it's a kaleidoscope. Like you can look through it and at the light and it looks all wild looking, but it was, uh, it was a real 100% kids choice award that was given out on, on television. I guess, I believe it's 99, I think is when it, when it was given. That's sick, dude. I love it. And I recently uncovered skate TV, which was a show that I loved in like around 89 and actually has the dude that was in scream. I always forget his name, but he also played in the Scooby-Doo movie. But, you know, someone had found the VHS and they uploaded them to YouTube and I had, you know, just great memories. I've watched most of them now, but, you know, Nickelodeon was the shit. People forget that was the stuff, you know, a lot of us grew up watching. Mm -hmm. But, dude, Frank, um, man, it's been a pleasure. You know, I love talking and discussing, you know, toys, vintage stuff. Hopefully the listeners kind of appreciate again because a lot of it, uh, you know, got us to where we are. You know, we moved into skateboarding, BMX bikes, but we get to a certain age now, call it midlife crisis, whatever, we love this stuff, and I certainly appreciate you know with the Christmas tie-in, you taking some time, man. You got anything else for us, Frank? Um, yeah, for sure, no problem. I always always good to hear from you and, and talk to you about dorky stuff. That's my specialty. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, if if any if any of the listeners have got all their all their action figures from their childhood in a big box in their grandmother's attic, and they would like rid of it, just hit me up on on Instagram, Frank under slash ice, and I will I will gladly take those off your hands. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt we got Frank Ice I call him Iceman and uh, this uh, toy discussion uh, was brought to you by All Time Low Magazine 
Please don't forget to visit atlmagazine.com. Check them out. You can get a subscription or buy individual issues. They also have merch available. Dude, Frank, thank you so much, dude. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Um, I hope you guys uh, get through the holidays safe and sound. And we'll be looking to link up and slap hands with you next year. I know we'll be at Mini Nats. So thanks for uh, what you do. We love to see the Izuzu. And we'll get more updates when we talk next time, dog. Yeah, for sure. Sounds good. Merry Christmas to you. Y'all have a good one. Thanks, Frank. Have a good night, brother. All right. So thanks again to Frank for coming on. Dude, it's always awesome talking to him about some vintage toys. And next up, I mentioned earlier, we got the big homie Ruben. We're going to talk a little bit about kind of our, you know, top maybe memory or adventure from this year, you know, related to the truck scene. But Ruben, before we talk about that, man, how are you doing? Jay, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. I hope everyone's good out there. Man, always, dude. I know you guys are coming off this great, awesome year celebrating 30, uh, 30th anniversary. But, dude, I got a chance to hang out with you this year, and it was a lot of fun. Man, at SEMA, dude, we really just had a blast, man. We took advantage of every moment we could. I was, dude, I was worn out, man. Time change and all of that. But, you know, you went to some other events this year, too. You got a chance to travel around and do some things that, um, you know, were maybe something you didn't get a chance to do last year. So, man, what comes to mind, like, this year when you went to Dino's or SEMA or all these different stuff you did, or all these different things you did, rather, man, any maybe one memory that sticks out for you? Uh, you know what? Um, all in all, um, this year for me personally, it was kind of a kind of a roller coaster, but the latter part of it turned out pretty, pretty awesome. And, um, you know, the, the, the things that I did get to go to, you know, uh, truck wise and, you know, show wise. And I got to say the one that stands out to me the most is, uh, probably SEMA. And then Dino's of course is a uh, second close. And mainly because, um, uh, I had Jacob with me and Chris had his, uh, his son and daughter with him. And, um, that was it was really cool to, to be out somewhere like that with the kids, you know, well, I call them kids and <laughs> they're young adults, you know, but, um, you know, as you said, SEMA, SEMA this year was, uh, was pretty awesome. I mean, we got to debut the ice cream truck there and, um, you know, I got to hang out with you and, um, you know, Jeff from mini garage, you know, I finally got to meet him and, you know, of course, Ron, <laughs> you know, um, uh, we we got to share a lot of time together and uh, a lot of drinks together and uh, just have a good time. Have a good time with my friends. Yeah, and thankfully, thankfully, Hank didn't get arrested. I don't think this year, so we didn't have to like spend a lot of time at the jail like we had in the past trying to bail him out, right? Well, you know, funny you bring that up. I did bring it up in the past, but oh, um, I met. We're leaving Dino's, and he had, and Ron had some shirts for me. So, um, you know, walk up to the truck, and before you know it. Jacob's in the driver's seat, the motor going, and Hank's in the passenger seat, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. <laughs> hey, luckily I was able to snatch him out of the truck before they took off, but, you know, hey, you can't trust that guy. Yeah, you know, the next step is what they call thumbing, you know, hitchhiking down the road, but, you know, Ron will catch up with him at some point, but, and, and, and wrestle him into the truck, but, yeah, to me, you know, you came on board, you know, we, we talked about this uh, when we kind of did our SEMA preview, it was awesome to kind of have you on site there at uh, CS Metalworks, but coming on board there, right, and kind of shifting your focus, you're doing something that you love, man. I mean, I've known you for now many years, and we became great friends, but I could tell you, you're a hands-on guy no matter what kind of industry you're in, and it's got to be a great feeling being there with the crew 
and having your hand in that SEMA build, um, you know, how, however big or small it was. You know, it, it, to be a part of that, you know, again, at the, at the later stages of it, you know, at the final assembly stages of it, um, that last night that we were in the shop and I mean, I was up for 28 hours and, you know, so was everybody else. And I mean, just, I don't know, man, it, it was, is a great feeling. It, it's a good feeling to be doing something that you love to do, you know, and, and I don't look at it as going to work every morning. <laughs> yeah. I kind of hate, it's like, it sucks getting up sometimes and you know, getting out of bed, but um, it's, it's a really good feeling to like go somewhere and, know that you're gonna do what you want to do and um you know and you hang out with your friends and stuff yeah exactly you know we're actually building something for you know somebody's dream car somebody's dream truck you know um and it's it's a really good satisfying feeling you know to do that yeah, and we can't forget you had your hands uh, as did the entire shop. I know Chris did as well. You know, running a real good, you know, ship over there, so to speak. But that '59 Impala that I had shared over on the Lincoln Attic page, dude, that guy has has continued to share the heck out of that car. But those cars are are arguably one of the most beautiful cars ever built, right? I mean, they're sought after. They're a lot of money. What was that feeling like being able to get in there and work on that? Like you're like, oh shit, I don't want to mess anything up. <laughs> Oh, dude. I mean, first and foremost, I mean, the car is beautiful and, and to, to think, okay, well, we're going to put AccuWare on it and it's, you know, we're going to bag it and whatnot. And, and the, the thing with it was, was, yeah, we're, we're installing a modern uh, suspension system, a modern air ride system, but yet you don't want to take anything away from what it was. I mean, I, I took a lot of time hiding battery cables and wiring and making sure you didn't see anything. And, um, you know, that was, that was a challenge in itself. But I mean, again, you know, the trust that Chris has in me to like, here, you're doing this, do it. You know, it's, it, it, it just, you know, you can't, I can't, you know, ex- express how much, you know, that means to me that he has that kind of trust in me to, you know, hand me something like that. Yeah. Chris is a great guy. You've been a long time supporter, obviously, you know, we have the connection that you guys have been friends a long time and we certainly appreciate him and what you guys do, you can check out Chrome and Paint, all spelled out on Instagram. That's the 59 Apollo that we're talking about. It's truly an amazing car, and uh, kind of one year only, I think, with those taillights and those fins, and you know that's what's so sought, at, sought after with those. But, um, man, a couple things that come to mind for me, when I think about like all the money this year that was raised at different events for great people around the scene, whether it be scraping the coast, we saw it at Made of Steel, we saw it at Southeast Mini Truck and Nats, we saw it at a lot of shows, and I can't name them all. I don't know them all off the top of my head, but just know there's a lot of good folks out there that are raising money to try to help people. Uh, you know, you could be one of those folks, in in you know, you never want to be uh, one of those, you know, in a situation like that. But, you know, there's a lot of folks that, you know, are, are chugging along in life and everything is good. And then they get hit with a snafu, right? Uh, illness or something. And, you know, that has, that, that, that stands out to me. There's a lot of good people like a Sean Rose as well. And, and, and David McGaughy and some of these guys that, that continually step in. And again, they're not the only ones, but that come to mind. Uh, Ruben at, um, OBI this year was the last time I got a chance to see and hang out with my boy Greg Miller. 
and um, you know, I've got some photos when we were behind the the trophy ceremony. Like Greg handled that like a true professional. Uh, you know, getting those awards out and getting people back on the road as quick as they wanted to. And, uh, you know, that sticks out in my mind because if you think about it, Ruben, we've talked about this before. You hang out with some people at a show. That could be the last time that you talk or hang out with that person. And that's what happened with Greg and I and, and everybody that Greg knew that uh, that was the last show that I personally was at that he was at. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, again, the the highlights of my year, you know, you know whether show or car or whatever you know but then you know you got the darker times of, of this year you know losing ernie macias yeah you know and, and i'm not taking away from greg i mean i'm i i yeah. I, I will call him a friend i mean oh, yeah. there we messaged back and forth mainly through social media but i i did get to spend some time with him at um forbidden fantasy a few yes. years back and even with the even got to go to dinner with him and um but you know there we we lost a lot of people I mean, whether, whether it's people in our scene, whether it's relatives, whether it's friends of friends or whatever. And, um, you know, um, as like you, what you, you and I were talking about way before we, we started recording, you know, it's like, when's this madness going to end? But yeah. again, with, uh, I guess diversity, it brings out the good in people and, you know, it's, it's humbling. It, it's, it's a good feeling to see that, you know? Oh, yeah. And do you think about the positivity that comes from something a lot of the shows came together to pre-register Greg as a certain number. And I know like DJ Mays uh, was involved in that uh, walk up from Southern tradition and other shows did that. But, you know, you think about like when Greg passed, you know, there was so much respect shown on social media. A lot of people that you don't even realize were impacted right in a positive way. And you had all these stories coming out and, you know, that resonated with me because Greg really did kind of, touch the minds or souls or, you know, the insight of people uh, to come maybe give them that final push they needed to like start a business or, you know, to, to finish their vehicle. And that always, you know, stands out in my head as well. Right. One of our other boys though, look this, I want to kind of on a positive, I've got two last quick things I'll mention. You know, it was, it, it was great seeing Greg at OBI and then, you know, their next custom car show production event was at Scraping. And it was tough because Greg wasn't there. And I mentioned, you know, there was a lot of money raised for Greg. So thanks everyone that, that contributed there. But, you know, one thing that was a positive for me at STC was, you know, got, got a chance to hang out with my boy Tim Davis. You know, Tim and I have become good friends. And, you know, he's got a lot of, um, you know, to use Ronnie's word, lineage in uh, this truck scene, right, with, with his with his brothers and, and some of the homies. And, and Tim, you know, we had him on as a guest, one of my favorite shows but getting a chance to go out there, like Vic, you know, and I rolled together. We had some challenges with the trailer, the tires rather. But, you know, Tim and his awesome, you know, gal and, and his old school 88 to 98 rig and, and hearing the stories and hanging out and slapping hands, like like we generally had a good time. And it brought me back, Ruben, to like many years ago going to shows and try not to overthink it, right? Get there, have fun and get home try not to blow some tires on the way home, but you know what I mean? Like it was that positivity where it kind of gave me, um, like, you know, not a newfound respect, but like the, the energy that I needed to kind of refresh to go, Hey, you know, I'm ready to hit some of these shows and maybe link up with some of the homies that I don't get a chance to normally stay with. And when we kind of bunked together in that condo and we had some brews and we told some old stories, you know, that reminded me that this is why I do it. You know what I mean? 
Oh yeah, no doubt. And you know what? Um, you're always, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're, whenever you travel, you're going to have issues. And, uh, I, I know I told you the story and I don't think I told too many people the story, but, uh, we left the shop on our way to SEMA with the ice cream truck at about, it was around noon, noon on that Sunday. And we were supposed to be there no later than four or no later than three. And we're running late. We're tired for Monday. And right? we're maybe, uh, this was for Sunday. Oh, Sunday, the Sunday. day that we left. Okay, got it. Yeah, so so uh, we're about maybe 30 minutes out uh, coming into Barstow on, on the 15, and um, one of the bearings on the trailer starts smoking. Mm. So I'm following Chris. So we pull over side of the road. We get it into town. We find a parts store there in the parking lot. Um, we had enough tools and jacks and everything else to, to whatever we needed to do. So – Within 20 minutes, we had those bearings changed out and back on the road. But, you know, at the time, you know, I'm tired. I haven't slept, you know, and I know Chris is tired. We're both tired. We're cranky. And, you know, it, it just, you know, it, it, it turns into one of those good memories, you know. Yeah, it does. It, and at that moment, you're frustrated. But like you said, it's one that maybe a week, a month, a year goes by and you look back and you kind of laugh and go, yeah, I remember that time, you know. Right. And, and, you know, uh, we, um, we got there in the town late and, you know, here we are with the car trailer and this ice cream truck on the back of it. And it's like, okay, well, we couldn't park it at the hotel. <laughs> they, that lot was rented out for a movie set or something. So, uh, I called up, uh, one of my RA brothers, Brett in Vegas, and he let us stash it at the side of his house, you know? So again, you know, it, it's, uh, I guess through, adversity you know you you find a you know all all in all there's a great story to tell there you know at the time you didn't think it was so great but you know (laughs) now looking back it's funnier than shit well yeah the readers digest and i've mentioned this before but like when vic and i go to scraping this year it's like okay you blow one tire there you're like eh, i need to practice i haven't you know blown a tire in a long time coming back it's like i don't need any more practice we blew four coming home so literally quote five new tires that had they did sit a while you know on the trailer which doesn't make them brand spanking new but you know that one of those tires that blows like on sunday at you know two three in the afternoon on the side of i-10 in the middle of like the panhandle area and you're like there's no one gonna be open there's this there's that right and it's like instead of stressing like you know i was a little frustrated but i didn't stress because i'm like you know what we're not gonna give up we're not gonna like buy a house in this town and just not ever get home and see our families. Like there's always a way, right? And, and we had people help us out. Mike and Shannon called and local guy comes by. Now, granted, it costs some funds, you know, to get a tire on the side of the road and mounted. But, you know, again, the moral of the story, I think that we've all learned is that there are frustrating times and uh, tensions can be high, but it doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. You know, you'll get through it. Right, right. I mean, you just have to kind of grit your teeth and just bear through it. And, yeah. you know, it'll... It'll be over soon enough. Well, the last thing I was going to mention, I didn't want to forget this, but earlier this year I had an opportunity, uh, Jimmy and Tim at Jimmy's Running Customs, they you know, worked out some of the gremlins I had with my truck, fuel system, complete this, change the rear bags, fix some leaks, do a bunch of stuff. But Ruben, as you know, what that all really manifested into was I was able to take, I had a goal to take my truck to uh, two shows this year. I took it to Mini Nats. Jason Bell and team, one of our favorite shows, love that event up there in Maggie Valley. But, you know, I rolled solo up there, 
Um, in hindsight, it wasn't a good idea. You know, I rolled solo, had the bada bing on the trailer, all that was good, but I didn't bring, I didn't bring a jack. I don't even think I had a spare tire, and I hate to say that. I mean, it was like the wrong thing to do. Uh, but I did make it home safe, and then I also took it to scraping, and I got a chance to take some really cool photos with my brother, you know, Vic and Tim Davis, who I mentioned earlier. But you know, for me, the truck had been off the circuit since October of 2017. And, you know, that's a tough time for me every year in October because that was when my dad passed. So, you know, my dad passed right before that event, took it to the show, and I just was like, hey, out of sight, out of mind, you know. But, you know, right. Jimmy and and, and uh, Tim, um, they, you know, handled it with kit gloves. And I got to say, you know, tip of the cap, thank you so much to them because, you know, for me to bring it back out after so much time and people got a chance to see it that had never seen it, it's a great feeling, and I appreciate the truck community for, you know, always um, standing by me, but also, you know, always tipping the cap, saying, hey, it's one of their favorite trucks and stuff. Like, that means a lot to me because, Ruben, as you know, in this truck scene, you know, one show, you're cool, you got a cool truck, the next show, it's old news, and, you know, to have a truck that's been out about 10 years, you know, I got to thank everyone for that always, you know, post a nice comment or, or you know, a good word. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, you deserve it, you know. At the end of the day, dude, you deserved it. You paid your twos, buddy. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And the the top truck scene or memories slash adventures from 2021 is brought to you by, funny enough, Southeast Mini Truck Nats. You can go to uh, Southeast Mini Nats this April uh, coming up in Maggie Valley. You can also uh, find them on Facebook and Instagram, Mini Nats. Uh, check it out. Ruben, I think I'm going to wrap up the rest of the episode. Um but I do want to thank you for your time. But I also want to say again, uh, during the scene updates, I'm going to mention, you know, RA. So I'll mention it now. Tip of the cap, dude, 30 years. I know a lot of brothers and sisters have been doing it for a damn long time. As we get sideways in the 2022, you know, NC and ST, we're catching up to y'all. So, you know, you you, you best uh, be ready. <laughs> right on. No doubt. You know, and I, I am proud to say that I've been a member for this club those whole 30 years. So I, I got into it, you know, uh, a few months after it was formed and I, I haven't left any. I haven't left since. I'm still here. Well, the rumor is you changed your name after that. Nobody knows this, right? But I mean, RA, whenever you call me, it always says, you know, RA Rubin. So, I mean, I don't know if that's really true. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, let's just go dumb luck. Right, right. There you go. Well, listen, tip of the cap to you and the fam. Tell Chris we said what's up. But listen, most importantly, uh, I know we're kidding around a little bit here and there. Uh, this weekend is Christmas, right? So, you know, spend the time with your family. Kick back a little bit. I know you're always working and stuff. So, you know, try to relax a little bit and let Jacob know we said what up. Give him a fist pump. Uh, fit, you know, fit, fist bump next time you see him, and don't let him get too crazy without us and Hank. Hey, hey I think <laughs> Hank's his new best friend. You know, I I had him the here the other night, and it was like one thirty in the morning. And his phone's going off, and I look over, and I'm, oh fuck, yeah, really? You're like, Damn it, dude. Yeah, so Hank better not yeah. be asking him to come bail him out. <laughs> dude, well, I'm, I'm grabbing my wallet, my car keys are under my pillow, and <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, Jacob, we love you, man. We love you, Ruben. Keep doing what you do, doggy, and we'll link up soon. I can't wait. Next year, we got some big stuff in the works, doggy. For sure, man. And I just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and, again, a Happy New Year. And, um, you know, like Jay, Jay said, you know, take some time, take a deep breath, and spend it with the ones you love. Real deal. Ruben, always real talking with you, dog. Have a good weekend. You too, brother. We out. Yo, so what a blast. Link it up with Frank and Ruben. 
it was awesome talking with Frank because he knows this stuff and he's he's uh, an enthusiast when it comes to those toys. And uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed something a little bit different. And uh, you know, obviously, Trish trying to keep uh, keep things fresh. So next, really, kind of with the scene updates again, want to congratulate you know for the year, kind of the RA thirtieth uh, back at LST twenty twenty one. So that was fantastic seeing so many members uh, come together from all over the country. Uh, something else from a scene perspective that I thought was great. We've had Ryan on from Acuair a couple of times, but you know, Acuair was full throttle ahead. They ramped up their production this year, launched their new website, of course, merchandise, stickers, uh, the pressure-based pressure based system. Man, what a year for them, so congratulations. I also love to see one of our partners, Hamburg Weekend Wear, they kept their uh, open enrollment going uh, into, you know, December of, of this year. Of course, you know, they had that month open enrollment. So uh, what I also thought was cool is they've continued to expand, as we've mentioned. So if you go to H-A-M-M-E-R-D, WeekendWear.com, you can subscribe for this subscription, and you basically can select T-shirts, hoodies, banners, etc. Oh, by the way, Ron has also mentioned you can select different color shirts. So, um, you know, he's been able to expand upon that, and what we've continued to say is the cool thing that I think he's the only brand that I know that could offer this type of thing because he's so regimented every two months or so they launch two new designs. So a lot of work, uh, and, and planning goes into that. So, uh, make sure you go to H A M M E R D weekendwear.com. Check it out again. Uh, hoodies, t-shirts, banners, you can select. So that's cool. Uh, street trucks, you know, they, they got sideways into their 22nd year. So, we, uh, back in 2019, God, seems like forever ago, we celebrated the 20th anniversary of the magazine in August of that year, and uh, of course, they were bi-monthly those first three issues up through December of uh, 20, no, December of 99, and of course, that's 22 years ago, so uh, pretty cool stuff. And, um, you know, just happy to see, I mean, boom, you know, going into their 23rd year, Make sure you subscribe to the magazine if you can. A couple other things. Again, I didn't do an extensive list of everything from the scene, but just some things that stuck out. We recently talked to Brian from Forbidden Fantasy Club, and it was pretty cool to see that they announced the Forbidden Fantasy show and shine is going to be back on for next year. We talked about that with Brian. So congrats to our West Coast fam, uh, FFF Forbidden Fantasy. And I guess lastly, at least for this episode, kind of the scene updates, dude, the classic truck and the C10 scene is really kind of hitting on all cylinders. You know, they have these uh, huge shows that they've thrown, uh, massive gatherings, including kind of the good guy events. I know from the 88 to 98, you know, they let that stuff in now, which is fantastic, right? So even expanding from, I guess you can call the 88 to 98's classics now, but uh, you know, to me, that community is obviously well tight knitted with the whole C10 club. You know, there's those different chapters, and these guys are always doing uh, different cruises. They're you know doing a cruise to a show. They're just doing a cruise at a weekend. They're doing meetups. I think Ronnie just announced uh, over at Truck Talk Media that there's a new event that they've got in the works for next year. So you can go out and on his social medias and, and check that out. But 
you know, that community is so big and, and I can kind of reinforce that because when I went out to C10 intervention with street trucks, you know, it was, it was really an honor to go out there. What a fantastic weekend, you know, shutting down the main thoroughfare through the little town there in Woodland, California was just amazing. So I know that event is full steam ahead for next year. I mean, I'd love to go back out. I'm going to kind of see how things go. But, you know, again, those are some of the highlights, at least, that stuck out for me. There's a ton of other awesome things that happened. And, you know, I'll give a nod to Ed Eister. So, you know, Ed, we've established and we had him on as a guest. It was cool to see him bring his truck back out after kind of sitting dormant for so many years. Madhu and so many other folks helped out, right, to get the truck running, fixing a couple of issues here and there. So, you know, a, a Mazda extended cab, topper, Colorado custom wheels, you know, old school vibe. I mean, really, the sky's the limit for, you know, whatever he can accomplish with his awesome truck that he chose to keep all those years. But, you know, those are a few things that stuck out that I wanted to cover on this episode. Scene updates brought to you by Garage Gear Clothing. You can visit garagegearclothing.com. They're, of course, also on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, you name it, different social media platforms. But the unique thing about Garage Gear Clothing is not only do they have the ladies taken care of, the dudes, of course, they've got the kid gear as well, and all of it is free shipping in the United States. Check them out, garagegearclothing.com. All right, the key show updates. I mentioned recently that we're going to kind of pull back a little bit from covering you know, such an extensive amount of shows on every episode because as of, you know, in next week, you know, we're three years straight doing episodes and it's kind of maybe gets a little redundant, maybe not for the listener, but maybe for us covering so, so much. So we'll cover just a couple key things and then we would encourage you to go out to ourlifestylepodcast.com. On the left, you can select OLP, Official Digital Show Calendar, and then once that page loads, just tap where it says uh, tap here. And when you tap there, it's going to ask if you want to subscribe. And you can subscribe to the calendar. Um, I've taken a little bit of time to go and add a bunch of shows, uh, even some that aren't you know directly tied in with us. But obviously, there's a lot of interest in the show scene. So trying to do a better job of just adding as much as we can. But uh, Kern County Showdown, again, one of our key a title sponsors that's under the Mini Truck Showdown umbrella. Uh, Kern County Showdown, when they left Kern County to go to Vegas, they didn't want to kind of cut and run, so they brought this show back. Kern County Showdown is February 4th through the 6th, so that first weekend in February. Bakersfield, I know there's a lot of Mini Truckers out there, Flow Hosts, and, and just so many guys and ladies out there. So please, if you can, pre-register for it. Get out there, you know, show that Cali scene that, you know, shows are important out there. Many of us got our start and or coverage in magazines from SoCal. So get out there, support the scene. Uh, LST, I mentioned, of course, last weekend in February. And uh, Relax It on the Ranch is the weekend after. So I say this because we partner with them really well. I get a chance to DJ and play some of the music that uh, that I like and that you know, the scene hopefully appreciates. Had a blast last year. Uh, relaxing on the ranch, Instagram, Facebook, of course, RA Florida. They have a long history of having different shows, and this is kind of where they're at now. And we love this event. You can camp, you can get a, a hotel, motel, a holiday inn on the premises, or you can 
bring out a camper. So relax on the ranch. OBI last weekend in the month of March. So amazing show. And then, uh, uh, which I talked about earlier, and then about a month later we'll be at Southeast Mini Nats for the uh, 23rd through the 25th in Maggie Valley. Uh, lastly, of course, Mini Truck Showdown, that is going to be in Vegas, and it's the first weekend in June. And uh, I mentioned this earlier, but I just would encourage everyone to go out there and check it out. On Instagram, just type in Mini Truck showdown and you'll see there uh all of the cool updates they've got going on they posted about a toy drive recently but the cool thing is uh this event is going to be june 3rd through the 5th in 2022 so again if you've ever wanted to go out to vegas have a good time this is your opportunity and also maybe you want to go to uh, sema one year so this is kind of a dry run on how vegas works and um you can rent a car there's plenty of transit you can stay at the host hotel. You know, you've got all those different options, mini truck showdown. So that's all I'm going to cover right now with the shows. Of course, key show updates always brought to you by our family at the West Coast Influence. I know we're kind of at Christmas now, but maybe if you get a little bit of Christmas money or you forgot <laughs> to get your significant other a gift and he or she is a mini trucker, hardcore or not, you want to go to minitruckfilm.com, order the Blu-ray or DVD. They do have a couple of Hot Wheels available, kind of die cast, if you will. Uh, check them out. That's minitruckfilm.com. All right. So this being a two-part episode, kind of the best of 2021 part one, I'll call it. Really just a few things. I mean, I didn't overthink it. Just some stuff that came to mind that I figured I would cover. And then uh, next week, Mike and I um, hopefully will be able to link up. Again, he has been super swamped you know, with his business and then, of course, Plan Santa. You can only imagine how busy the dude is. So, uh, tip of the cap. And then he also uh, had been working on something that we're going to uh, announce a little bit later in this episode. So, uh, more to come on that. But, you know, some of the best stuff, stuff that I wanted to mention, uh, I would also like to get possibly uh, David DeCorver on next week. You know, he and I talked earlier this year about having him back on. He's went to a lot of shows. You know, of course, we call him Mr. Tickmark Willie. But uh, Tickmark, he goes to a lot of events, so he's had tons of adventure, so we'll try to link up with him next week. So we don't talk a lot about the you know the downloads and stuff like that and the streams, but this is something that I want to do going forward is looking back at the past year. Now, the way our platform works, it looks like I can look easily from November 30th, 2020, to the same date of 2021, so that year time frame doesn't really account for the last couple episodes. But uh, believe it or not, our top three episodes for literally that time period was Brian Grinder TV. So congratulations! I mean, there's a big following of Grinder TV fans. Of course, Brian's been in the scene a long time, but dude, like for whatever reason, people chimed in for Grinder TV. Brian, good. Alex Who, so we came out swinging. I think it was the first episode this year, and I tell you what, that's one of our most popular episodes. It's neck and neck right there with Brian's, and um, man, Alex is just was fun. Even though I don't know Alex super well, you know we've been to the same shows and you know kind of uh, the same circles of friends, so it just was fantastic to, to interview him. And then 
RIP Greg Miller, man. You know, this was a tough episode to do, and I still can't believe that our friend is gone. But, you know, a lot of folks chimed in. We got a lot of good feedback on that episode, just kind of the tip of the cap to the the one and only Greg Miller, who's no longer with us. Um, hopefully, you know, we did our homie ju- a little bit of justice, right? You know, just taking some time to pause and talk about the man and have some of his friends on and close folks. So there's a lot of ever- other episodes, you know, like Low Riding with Joey Majestics, Ernie Macias, No Regrets, you know, MC or NC Rob Rodell, uh, Next Gen Mini Truckers, Heather and Joey, Down for the Scene, and then Street Trucks, LST, Accuware Updates. All of those kind of rounded out the top 10, believe it or not. And they're all neck and neck within a few streams and or downloads. So if you want to push one a little bit higher, go back out to your favorite podcast app. The easiest one is Podbean. Podbean hosts our podcast. And the key thing there is you can go back and listen to any episode. So pretty cool stuff. Now, from a music standpoint, not really best of, but I know big news this year was uh, Dusty of ZZ Top passed away. And that was a very sad thing. You know, ZZ Top is that long storied band from the late 60s, man, that are still doing it. Billy Gibbons, obviously huge into the car culture. And, you know, I love so much about ZZ Top's music. I've revisited a ton of albums that maybe I didn't get a lot of listens when I was younger or never even listened to. And um, just love this band. They actually made news recently. Um, it was reported that they sold their catalog of music. And we've started to see this from, you know, the Bob Dylans and Springsteens and Fleetwood Macs, right? Selling their entire catalog. And I know some people probably go, well, why would you do that? You know, the amount of money that you can get in one transaction uh, is is amazing. Yeah, they can, you know, pretty much retire their kids, kids, kids are, are set. And a lot of it, you know, then can be used uh, to license that music, right? So we've seen this. I know a lot of us don't watch a lot of traditional TV, but when you see commercials that have music in them, you know, that music kind of is like, wow, it brings you into that brand or you're like, oh, what is this? Or it catches your attention. And that's where a lot of it is used. And we've seen things like with of different videos going viral, if there's a particular song on it, then that song gets started to get downloaded a ton or streamed. So, you know, there's a lot of different plays, so to speak, with the whole music stuff. But um, you know, ZZ Top, I did want to mention that. Um, to me, one thing that I appreciate is uh, Eminem continues, you know, he's arguably one of my favorite, if not favorite artists, and uh, he continues to launch, you know, new uh, merchandise. Uh, he opened up the Mom Spaghetti kind of satellite little restaurant up in Detroit, uh, continued to put out new music. I mean, I love The Last One Standing. It's one of my favorite songs of the year. Again, I'm an Eminem fan, so you know that that that's an easy, easy one for me. But you know, obviously, the music to be murdered by, and then coming back with the, kind of the second part of that album, you know, that's that's where a lot of my streams are at. I'm still listening to Kamikaze a lot, which I think is great. But I just love that you know artists continue to put out music, like even Busta Rhymes, right? He came back with a great album uh, not too long ago. But then you. Uh, something I haven't talked about from a music standpoint is, you know, you're starting to hear about this aftermath takeover and you know, you're starting to see it uh, recently for the gamers out there, the GTA franchise launched, you know, quote the contract, which was like that new update. 
and it features like Dre and DJ Pooh, who uh, you know, if you don't know, DJ Pooh produced like you know a lot of great uh, tracks, including "Today Was a Good Day" by Cube. But you know, longtime friends Dre and Pooh, and th- you know th- that stuff was huge, right? So then now there's like all these unreleased songs that hopefully will get released like as a GTA soundtrack or something like that. But a lot of those have leaked. Of course, they're on YouTube now, so you can listen or you can hear them in the game. But you know, you've got that right, and you know, new music from Dre, which isn't always something that drops. But then he mentioned on Instagram that they wrapped a new album, and it's probably going to come out. I'm guessing January, February. You've got Aftermath with Snoop, Dre, uh, M, Kendrick Lamar, and then Mary J. Blige. They're going to headline the Super Bowl halftime show. So a lot of cool stuff coming. But again, I think it's insane. I've said this before. Dre had hits, and he's been doing it in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s. And, of course, he came out swinging in the 2020s with the Eminem albums that have already went platinum. And, you know, here he is going to, you know, launch another album. So, I mean, literally five different decades it's hard to say there's someone that's greater than him, um, you know, maybe like a Quincy Jones and guys like that. But regardless, man, I mean, just insane stuff. So a couple things, you know, there from a music standpoint. Now, my favorite Street Trucks cover, I kind of looked back at all of these and I knew in my head it was going to be Billy Bob's, right? So this one was shot literally by Not Stock Photography at LST. 2021 and it ran shortly after that they kind of had it planned out my understanding but then also ron at hammered weekend where launched the new shirt so all of the stars aligned on this one we're so happy for billy and the success that he's had of course he topped it off icing on the cake in the engaged media booth at sema 2021 so amazing stuff billy bob is one of the nicest guys in the scene hard-working dude uh just a just a well-rounded guy and he'd do anything to help you out so billy bob tip of the cap uh my favorite cover this year again not stock photography but i must say my favorite full size was dave shulman's so the navigator love that suv obviously fat fabs killed it dave drives this thing everywhere i definitely would love to own that truck but seriously amazing build we got a chance to see it several times this year and it's always a pleasure seeing Dave uh, with the truck. And then also, of course, the um, Eric Cryan did the crazy interior on that. So uh, amazing stuff. Tip of the cap to both those guys. And they were both shot by John, not stock photography. All right, favorite HDWW shirt. So I'm going to start this one each year. And, you know, Ron, again, launching 12. It, mine was DJ Mays' S10, right? I love this uh, shirt. I love the colors. DJ Mays, square body, one of the cleanest, most awesome minis, S10s out there. I love it. I'd love to get a photo of our trucks together at some point. We did that photo shoot uh, just over a year ago with a uh, rest in peace, Jen Lacey's. Of course, Thad owns that Chicks Ride now, but of course, Chicks Ride next to DJ Mays' truck, man, dude, that was fire. I'll have to reshare some of those photos. But I must say the golf cart shirt was also one of my favorites. I just wore it last weekend, and I was at a local bar restaurant uh, meeting up with a whole old uh, homie. 
and someone said, dude, I really like that shirt. I get hammered on the 19th hole. So, dude, Hammered Weekend Wear, they continue to release fire. Check them out. Support the real deal. Now, my favorite garage gear clothing shirt had to be the Apache. Reason being, my dad had a 59. Love that truck. And um, I love all the stuff that garage gear clothing does. But their Apache shirt, to me, kind of hit a chord. So, good people. Check them out as well. Garage Gear Clothing. We attended a ton of shows and events this year. I didn't even go back and make a full list. But, you know, everything from, you know, Trucks and Cheeseburgers to SEMA to, you know, the big out-of-state shows like Mini Nats and Scraping the Coast and LST – I'm just very fortunate to have went to so many shows this year, even to California, as I mentioned, for C10 Intervention. And uh, Carlos really took care of us out there. Um, really, really stoked. I didn't say this earlier during kind of the, the show uh, schedule, but really, I, I know I say this every year, I, I am going to try to tone it down a little bit next year and just do more family stuff here. You know, my son is going in, to 11th grade next year and you know just trying to do the family thing and obviously I got plenty of stuff here to keep me occupied and that's one of the reasons why I did start the podcast so that we can bring so much content to everyone without having to you know go to every corner of the globe in addition you know we're obviously going to announce some more things very soon but I've continued to say this we're going to continue to ramp up our video content on YouTube so We've got some things in full swing over there that we're going to get going. And, you know, we're going to start fresh start 2022. So we're looking forward to that. So not to prolong like a whole nother section of the episode. I did want to say just kind of generally thanks to everyone that left us a rating through iTunes this year. Uh, I really appreciate um, that. Um, Apple Music, iTunes, you know what I mean. But if you're on an iPhone, make sure you go into the pre-installed podcast app. And uh, go to library, tap OLP, scroll down, 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 all the way down, and tap a five-star rating. You can also write a review. That really helps us out. We certainly appreciate those. I'm going to pull it up here in a second and see if there's anything that we missed, and um, we'll cover those. Now, the announcement that I wanted to make for this episode is on Monday. We are dropping something special. I think people are really going to like it. We've kept this thing under wraps a long time. It's really been in the works. Literally, I looked back at some of the emails, six months. So, you know, we get some of this artwork and we strategically wait until certain times to launch it. But we're super excited for this one. And um, for the, I'm happy to announce for the first time that I can think of for our major shirt release or artwork release there is no pre-sale. So what does that mean? It means that we ordered a ton of inventory. It's already been printed. It's already been shipped. It's been received. It's been bagged and tagged thanks to Mike and Shannon. And when you order Monday, it's going to ship literally the next day. So, you know, give or take, obviously still kind of the holidays. Uh, Monday, technically, I think is like an observed holiday for some. Um, based upon how Christmas and all that stuff falls. But just know, literally, you know, it's not going to be that four to six week lead time that you're traditionally accustomed to. Now, if we get enough orders, 
this could be the new norm. We'll have to kind of see. But we think regardless of if you've ever ordered something from us in the past, you know, and helped us grow to where we are, thank you so much. If, you know, you're new to the podcast and you're checking it out because of this episode or you want to show some love, go to ourlifestylepodcast.com. There's a ton of older stuff out there like the Back to the Future, DeLorean, stuff like that. You know, check it out. But just know on Monday we're dropping a straight heater and we are so excited for this one. Uh, a nod to a couple of just great dudes in the scene. And, um, you know, we're fresh off the mini truck and DNA shirt, which was two ladies. With this one, we've got uh, two guys' shirt, if you will, and we're super excited to launch it. So just know, Monday, ourlifestylepodcast.com. Keep a keen eye to our social media as well because we will be posting about it all right there. All right, so if I go to, since I'm on a Mac, I can pull up the Apple pre-installed podcast app, and I can go into... Uh, the search, and I can search OLP, and when I do that, I see we have 254 ratings. Almost all of them are five stars, so thank you guys so much, and I don't know that we've had any recent reviews. It looks like the last one was in October, so again, even if you just tap the five stars, that's huge. Go a step beyond. You can write a review right on your phone or iPad. It's super simple. It really helps us out. Please hook us up. So be on the lookout for Monday. Okay, my least favorite moment of this year, right? From a just overall perspective, you know, not losing friends or anything like that. But it was the Packers loss back in January. I really think Rodgers could have ran for it. Maybe that's why he's back with such a vengeance this year. You know, it's kind of like when Eminem drops an album that he kind of feels like was a dud, gave him the energy and the focus to come back with Kamikaze, right? So hopefully this is Rogers' Kamikaze year. He's playing really well. Obviously, we're starting to get into the playoff time, so we're super excited to see what's going to happen as we get through here. The cool thing is, man, Papa Smurf would be smiling. The pack control their own destiny. If they kind of win out, then they get the number one seed get that coveted only one. You get one buy in the AFC, one buy in the NFC because of the way the new schedule is and um, you know extra wild card team. So excited about that. We'll have to see. Best of 2021, at least part one for this episode, is brought to you by Joey at Get Decked, our, our awesome family over there. Uh, Joey has continued to grow by leaps and bounds, and he thanked Mike recently, or thanked Mike and I recently, for the partnership, and we have to thank him. Uh, he's the only guy that I know that can turn around some of these decks in the time that we need. Whether you're a show promoter or you're just an enthusiast or you want to hook up your significant other, he can put a photo or artwork onto a skate deck that you can put on your mantle, hang in your man cave. Hell, give it to the kids to skateboard and just enjoy, right? So, Go out. It's get decked two words on Instagram and or Facebook. It goes down in the DM. Hit Joey Dilworth up in the DMs and he will take care of you. All right, so I'm going to round this episode out with the Airhead Nation updates. And, you know, we lost. I don't want to go through 
a whole list, but we lost a lot of people this year in our scene, right? And it started, I remember I was at the NFL experience for the Super Bowl in January into, you know, early in the year, and you basically, you know, news broke that Mitch Henderson passed away. And um, that's how kind of things started this year, right, for a lot of us in terms of the scene. Uh, Mitch was a, a guy that we had on the podcast, and he loved what we did. Uh, his son-in-law had reached out to us, and we were happy to raise uh, some funds, a good amount of money to send to his mother, and we're, we're proud of that. Uh, we helped uh, several people this year, including Vic Figueroa. Uh, I know Made a Steel, they stepped up, and they helped Vic a lot. Um, and we you know, tried to do our best, and we, we helped as many people as we could by sending money, uh, by pushing GoFundMes or whatnot. And I just want everyone to know that we're going to continue to do that. Uh, Mike and I don't take any money from the podcast. We continually reinvest it in because just when you sell 100 shirts or whatever, you're buying even more shirts from Graphic Disorder, and obviously stuff isn't cheap. Uh, great merchandise costs money, and it gets reinvested in. And for what's not reinvested, a lot of it goes back into charity-type contributions. So, you know, when you guys are buying stuff from us or coming by and slapping hands at a show, we certainly appreciate it. If you're picking merch up, uh, some of the aluminum signs and things like that, it really goes a long way. We try to help as many people as we can. And when we're not helping folks, we're reinvesting back in for more merch. It's kind of like a, a drug addiction, right? You sell shirts, you got to buy more, you got to keep the fiends happy. So in all due respect, um, you know, with that analogy, we appreciate everyone. We've talked about it. I mentioned it earlier, Greg Miller, you know, Ernie Macias, Neil Stark, you know, the famed Danny D. I know Acrophobia. Uh, Justin Benoit recently lost his his wife, and um, you know there were other folks in the scene that we lost this year. And I didn't make an extensive list only because I didn't really want to dwell on you know the loss of our friends and our folks in the scene. But I did think it was important to mention that we do our best to post about when each of those folks pass away, um, unfortunately, and you know kind of keep everybody abreast. Uh, we do continue to keep the legacy alive for some of the bigger names in our scene, and we'll continue to do that. If there's someone in our scene that had built a truck or something like that, uh, you can always email us if they passed away. Email us the anniversary of their passing or a photo of their truck, and then we'll do our best. I'll add it to my calendar, but it's our lifestyle podcast at gmail.com. Uh, just know if we post about one particular person, we're not trying to say one person you know, that their life was valued more than others. You know, there's some that had a bigger impact in our truck scene and uh, impacted more people, but it doesn't mean that that person was, you know, of greater significance than anyone else. But uh, thanks again for all the likes and the love that we get. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks to Hammered Weekend Wear again for sponsoring the Airhead Nation updates. It's H-A-M-M-E-R-D, weekendwear.com. So I'm sure I forgot something, but guess what? We'll be back next week. Uh, next episode, we're going to cover best mini truck, best old school mini truck, best truck, right? New category. I know we got a little bit of flack in the past. Oh, there wasn't full sizes. I know Brandon mentioned that too. And yeah, I totally agree. So what we're doing is ramp it up. Again, it costs money to buy the awards. And um, we're doing, uh, which Welch's Chop Shop is going to take care of those for us. So thank you so much. Uh, best truck, again, so we got best mini. 
best old school mini, best truck, which could be a mini or it could be a full size, so don't get me wrong there, best show that we thought this year, and then contributor to the scene in 2021. We've got this stuff lined up. It's going to be cool. We can't wait to share it with you guys next week. Thanks to all of our partners, including Custom Car Show Productions and Mini Truck Showdown family. We're super excited for 2022. And again, thanks for rocking with us for these six years or so. Keep the pedal stomped. Be safe. As Ruben said earlier, spend the time with your family and loved ones. Have fun. Don't pop too many wheelies on those old school BMX bikes. I know you guys want to. But seriously, have fun, spend the time with your fam, and stay on the rise. Hopefully we'll get Miggity Mike the Mayor back next week to talk some trivia. We out here.